What up, guys and girls? Another week's episode of Brain Body and Bobby. Brain Body Bobby brought to you guys by Paragon Recovery. Uh, now that I am back home, I am back on my grind and trying to get uh, back to my optimum physical shape. So as a result, I'm back to hitting up my Paragon uh, Recovery Supplements. Uh, their Night Gains and their Flame Off Supplement are probably two of my favorite supplements right now that I take. Uh, I feel just so much better. My sleep is so much more restful. And my body just feels better uh, with the anti-inflammatory. So highly recommended. Use the code CRONUS15 for 15% off. And then if you're military or first responder, uh, hit them up directly for an additional discount. Uh, our scholarship is actually, uh, our scholarship program is actually wrapping up. Uh, we only have a, one more day that we're taking applications for. So if you're listening to this, it's already probably too late for you to apply. So, uh, we're going to open back up again in the future. Um, I think in the springtime, we'll probably start opening back up for our next round of, of applicants. Um, but like in previous episodes, um, if you're getting out and about to start school or already in school, you know, really think, consider applying for the scholarship. It's pretty much just cash for you, um, $500 cash for you to spend on anything that you need to spend money on, whether that's your books, tuition, rent, food, whatever you guys need. This is this is your um, kind of your opportunity to, to get a little income to help out with any costs that you might have incurred uh, or to kind of supplement uh, your scholarships for school. Um, uh, another shout out for the CrossFit Open. Um, use uh, hashtag CronusFit on your profile uh, if you're doing the CrossFit Open this year, just so we can track you. Top five people on the scoreboard will get a free T-shirt, and then if you beat me and this year's Open, which there's actually probably a pretty good chance you might beat me. Um, this last month in San Antonio was not very good training, so. I'm uh, not in great shape right now, so we'll see how I do in the open. But if you can beat me in the open, we'll all t- we'll toss you another free shirt. So you're gonna get potentially two shirts if you beat me in the open, and if you sign up for the open. So sign up for this year's open. We'd love to see you know some more guys on this on the leaderboard this year, just so we can see um, where everybody's at and if we can improve some uh, where where's areas that we can improve on some fitness. Uh, lastly, we did get a new review from J.O. Hull on, um, on iTunes. Uh, we have a new five-star review from J.O. Hull. He says, quote, listening to your podcast combines the engaging banter of a warm, friendly conversation with the insightful and sp- experienced guidance of an almost father-son chat that I really appreciate. Thank you, sirs. Man, thanks, J.O. Hull. That's such a good... That's such a that really warms my heart, brings a smile to my face. Uh, really appreciate you giving us some feedback, um, and I think that's what you know the vibe that we want to get between Sean and I. We really want to you know kind of share and uh, kind of give some insight into how we came to be, and then some stuff that we learned along the way, stuff that we wish that well, me particularly at least, I wish I could go back and tell my eighteen year old or. 15 year old self some of the stuff that i've learned over the years just really um would love to kind of share uh, my ins- our, our share our insights and kind of our experiences and help guys along the way that are trying to achieve something similar so we appreciate the review jail hall um and for everybody else get on itunes leave us a review 
drop us a comment. We really appreciate it, and it really gives us some feedback and kind of makes it worth our while and, and really helps us um, to make it, you know, seem uh, not so such a such a drag. Sometimes Sean and I, you know, are busy with school um, and, and life, and sometimes we just don't have much as much time as we could devote to Corona's Fit. So any kind words that you guys might have, you know, just gives us that extra little motivation to, to really put our true effort and to do a better job and give you guys a better product. So drop us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then this week's episode, I talk a lot about um, self-actualization uh, from Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how when we achieve self-actualization uh, and are chasing self-actualization, we are actually chasing happiness because the two are inextricably, inextricably, uh, am I saying the word right? Linked together. And uh, if we're chasing one, we're also chasing the other. Um, so without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast about self-actualization. What's up, guys and girls? It's Bobby. I'm back in Jersey. Uh, got back from San Antonio on Friday. Uh, so just hanging out at home, trying to get back to my normal rhythm. It's always kind of rough coming back from a, a long period away from home. Um, even though it's only been one month, uh, it's kind of, it feels like a, almost like a mini deployment. Coming back from mini deployment uh, to San Antonio. Like I wouldn't say like it was a deployment because it sucked. It was just like being away from your friends and family in like a new environment, uh, you know, it was a little bit challenging. So I'm just glad to be home, uh, back in Jersey and try and get back to my normal rhythm, you know, sleep in my own bed, cooking my own food, working out in my own gym, you know, just the, the stuff that we take for granted a little bit when we are, uh, in at home, but when we leave home, you know, this is the stuff that we miss. So I'm just glad, really glad to be home, you know, hanging back out with my girlfriend, living back in my apartment, got my ski in living room, already got a couple, couple K intervals in, uh, since I've been back and then, uh, got my dog. So, you know, just the stuff of being home. But, uh, anyways, uh, Today I didn't really have too much plan uh, for my podcast episode. Uh, I thought about I'm uh, prepping a, an episode about CBD. Uh, we get lot we get asked a lot about CBD products. Um, if we recommend anything and kind of like if it's even worth uh, taking CBD. So that's in the works right now for myself. Uh, reading a couple articles, kind of storing through the literature to see um, what's actually been proven for CBD. And what is kind of um, just like hype behind it right now? Because, you know, with social media, there's always so much hype behind these products that are, we don't really know if they're effective or not. So that's kind of my next thing I want to work on is the CBD uh, podcast as I I, I start like soaring through the literature myself and and learning for myself kind of the benefits of CBD. But um, I'll probably do that next week uh, as in... Because this week I'm just my kind of prerogative is just to get back to a normal routine, so I didn't really really prepare a lot this week for recording. Uh, so trying to probably have a little shorter episode this week, and then 
Uh, we'll go into a little bit longer depth next week as we talk about CBD. But anyways, so this week I wanted to take time and talk about kind of kind of some level of esoteric. I want to talk about um, self-actualization and happiness, I guess. Uh, it's kind of something that I've been reflecting on uh, the last couple months. Um, is it's kind of my purpose in in life and what I kind of want to do with my life and what makes me happy and then what you know uh, kind of drives me to to succeed in life. So first, I, th- I, th- I think I th- think I'll talk about a little bit about self actualization and what that means to me. So when we talk about self-actualization, I kind of refer to uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, For those that aren't familiar with Maslow, he is a uh, psychologist, I want to say from the early 1800s, maybe 1900s, I can't remember. Uh, Actually, I just pulled it up. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs was proposed in 1943 by Abraham Maslow, and he is a psychologist. If you guys can recall back to any psychology classes that you took, whether it's in high school or college, the, the hierarchy of needs is essentially a pyramid. Um, so at the base of the pyramid, these are kind of our basic needs. And at the top of the pyramid, as we progress up the pyramid, um, we um, kind of uh, ascend in uh, complexity of, of needs. So the base of the pyramid is physiological physiological needs like this is things like sleeping eating uh pooping peeing kind of our physiological uh, requirements for life one step up from that is safety so this is our need for safety uh so um after safety above that's love and belonging above that's esteem at the top of the pyramid is self-actualization uh which is the last need um so basically, his theory is that um, in order to ascend to the next level of the pyramid, uh, whatever whatever need that is, you have to first satisfy the bottom, the, the rung preceding it. So in order to satisfy your need for safety, you have to first satisfy your needs for physiology, for physiology, so physiological needs. So you can't really try to uh, develop safety until you uh, satisfy your needs for um, for like food or drink. So it's kind of like a little animalistic if you think about it. Like um, as humans in a Western society, we are pretty much already at the, the rung of love and belonging. Um, I mean, pretty much all our physiological needs are met. If we, if we have, you know, a house, we have food, we have um, a place to sleep, and then having like safety we talk about like having a house having laws having things that prevent us from being you know in danger that we would see if we were like living in the woods so being in western civilization we're kind of already at the level of needing love and belonging and i think that's kind of a very important um distinction that we need to to really understand because you know at the end of the day as you know as, as humans in western society at, we don't really need physiological to satisfy physiological needs or safety needs because society kind of does that for us already. You know, society already uh, helps us to feel saved. And then with physiology, like we have, generally speaking, already have food, water, you know, things that we need to survive physically. But we don't always have, you know, the the love and belonging that we 
cherish as you know as sentient human beings uh, love and belonging is definitely a little more esoteric uh, whether that is love and belonging from a community whether that's love and belonging from family love and belonging from those around you or just feeling like you are a member of something bigger than yourself so this is where kind of i think uh, maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of moves up and becomes a little bit more um a little harder to, to wrap your mind around like once you have love and belonging then you have um, the need for esteem whether that's self-esteem or um esteem from others uh or status um and that's kind of like the delineation that um i think we as human beings kind of need to to think about for ourselves is you know what what level of satisfaction or what level of needs are we at because if you're if you're thinking that you know you want this um the need you have a need for like esteem or like self-esteem or um or a praise from your peers then without ever achieving like love and belonging you're kind of like shortchanging yourself and preventing um the actual like preventing you're like skipping a step almost and he argues that you can't really achieve the higher goals without achieving the baser needs or baser uh baser goals so you can't ever achieve like having high esteem or having achieving praise from others without first achieving love and belonging without achieving love and belonging from either your your peers your groups or just yourself you know so that's kind of interesting to think about that we we might try to chase something uh, like self-esteem or self-actualization without really first achieving love or belonging or community and i think that's uh kind of the the, the thing to to really highlight is that once we understand um kind of the hierarchy of needs we need to understand that we need to achieve all the the baser levels but we can achieve the higher levels um, and then lastly the thing that i want to talk about is is self-actualization and self-actualization is what he defines as the tip of the pyramid you know that is the goal that everyone that all of us really chase um and that's his like theory of human motivation is that we're all chasing the the need for self-actualization which is kind of defined as you know the realization of one's potential or the realization of one's life's purpose essentially and in order to achieve or understand your life's purpose you really need to kind of understand um and satisfy your needs for the, your physiological needs your safety your love and belonging your esteem needs and then finally once you're able to satisfy your esteem needs uh, or your ego or status needs then you can get up to the self-actualization and really getting to your true purpose true purpose, ah, true purpose in life and that's kind of what he talks about with self-actualization and then um so just to give you uh to backtrack a little bit about my ideas of self-actualization so over this last couple last couple of years in medical school i think i've really come to realize my, my uh need for self-actualization um like in med school i began to really grasp and understand like what i was kind of put on this earth to do and that wasn't isn't necessarily to to do medicine but i've come to realize that i really really enjoy and i think i have you know 
my like true purpose in life is to is to help other people uh regardless of whatever avenue that might be and for me uh medicine has turned out to be like kind of the perfect marriage of my one desire to help other people and two like my needs for like esteem like self-esteem and peer acknowledgement as well uh it's kind of interesting the more i think about it that um not to sound like not to brag or anything but um i think part of why i really enjoy medicine is that it's it's challenging and that i'll never i don't think it's ever possible to achieve mastery in medicine because there's so many small intricate details that you know you never really find out or really discover and you'll never become you'll never achieve mastery really in medicine um so it's one very challenging and two um it's also you know very highly respected it's a highly respected profession uh to be a doctor so it kind of hits like some of my esteem but i think it really hits my self-actualization goals of 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 you know of helping other people without really expecting anything in return um and as a result now that i've kind of realized that you know becoming a doctor is kind of like self-actualization self-actualizing for me and kind of like the i guess um the purpose of my life uh is allowed me to definitely become a happier person um i think that now that I like I've done a lot of reflection, a lot of reflecting, a lot of thinking about where I am in life, uh, I come to realize that I'm pretty happy. Like there's not many things that really bother me. Um, I kind of just do my job and because I do my job, it's just like, I feel happy. I don't know. It's hard. It's kind of hard to explain. Like, uh, I think for a long time I wasn't really, um, necessarily happy uh looking back on like in the army being in like ranger regiment i wasn't necessarily happy i don't think i think i was really motivated to to do my job i was really motivated to um you know do good things to be a good leader to take care of the guys but i don't know if i was really happy or not and i think it kind of reflected into my personal relationships with my family and other friends that um, I just, I don't think I was as, as happy as I could have been, uh, because I wasn't really, you know, living a, an elevated life or my like self-actualized life. Um, I think that in, in like in the army, I don't regret any part of the army, but I definitely believe that, um, my goal in life, I mean, for those that so let me backtrack a little bit more. So for those that didn't know or that don't know about my, my kind of my story. So I was went to West Point uh, with kind of the intention of going to medical school and becoming a doctor. Um, I wanted to be a doctor since I was like, I don't know, like five, like in grade school. I remember, um, I don't know if this was like a self-fulfilling prophecy or because that's what my mom always told me that I was going to become a doctor. Um I remember like in middle school, I was in like the, like the gifted education class, whatever. And part of the class was like a career day where, um, we got to like shadow people in the career field that we were interested in. And I remember being in, I think seventh grade and going to the OR 
as a, I guess I was like 12 years old at the time. Uh, one of the uh, other girls in my class, her mom was an anesthesiologist. So she volunteered uh, to take like students into the OR to the to see surgery. And I remember being 12 years old, you know, going into a surgery and watching surgeries. And it was just like the coolest thing I'd ever seen or ever imagined. Um, obviously, I didn't know what was going on, what they were doing. But, you know, I could see them putting like scopes inside people and, and I could see inside of a person. And I think that really kind of solidified in my mind um, my desire to become a doctor because I was just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, not only just a doctor, but but to become a surgeon, uh, being able to, you know, cut people open and, and to fix them and to perform surgery. I was just like, that elevated, that experience just elevated everything to me and just kind of solidified in my mind, like, this is what I'm going to do. So then when I got to West Point, um, I think I, I tell people like kind of took kind of a detour from medicine, you know, um, I did the pre-med program at West Point. So I took all the prerequisites, um, but I didn't take the MCAT because I knew I wasn't going to apply to med school right out of West Point. Uh, my junior year, I made a conscious decision of dropping out of the med school program because we were kind of, uh, in a cohort together doing all our classes together. And then our senior years would, would be when we would like, apply for pro- for the med school, uh, apply for the program, and kind of work towards developing a resume for the program itself. But my junior year, you know, I decided that I would uh, take a break, so to speak, and then do the Army thing um, for a couple of years and then, then apply for med school. My logic wasn't really so much that, you know, I didn't want to do medicine. It was more so that I felt um, that... I didn't like, so at West Point, like, you know, we have like a five-year commitment after graduation to, to serve in the military uh, after West Point. Um, so so in my mind, I took that to kind of heart. Like I owed the army or I owed the, the country, you know, five years of my life uh, to pay back my education. But I thought that, you know, becoming a going to med, med school, becoming a doctor. I didn't really think that think of that as, as you know, military service or really as a service. And I know it's not really like the, the right, or isn't really like the right perspective to have, but that's the kind of my thought behind it is that, you know, being a doctor for the army isn't exactly, you know, military service. Like it wasn't necessarily quote unquote hard or what, you know, what we, ex- what we kind of imagine for militaries, like, as service you know we're not really in danger really as a doctor i mean you're just doing medicine you're not really doing the army stuff so um i made a conscious effort a decision conscious decision to just put medicine on break and to serve in the army and kind of give my army time i think that's probably one of the best decisions i ever made um seeing and having the experience inside the army really gave me a lot of perspective um, on so many things in life. Uh, I think that my experience in the military has been like almost a crucible, what they call it, what people call like a crucible experience where um, I came out at the end of it so much stronger and more resilient than I was going into it uh, between like ranger school, between like deployments and big army, between ranger regiment between deployments and regiment like 
I think I have emerged, and it's and I didn't really appreciate how much it changed me until until recently when I started thinking about and comparing myself to a lot of my my peers in meds in medicine. Uh, a lot of my peers who you know, went straight, straight into med school out of college that didn't serve in the military or didn't really do anything besides schooling to get to my point. And like even some of the people that I worked with, like some of the residents or attendings even said that I have like this level of maturity that's that's very higher, that's much higher and different from my peers. And I didn't really understand or really appreciate that fact until like this year when I started comparing myself to my peers and that you know, I obviously had like the four and a half euros in the in the military, two of which were in Ranger Regiment, and how much it really stratified me and made me someone like that made me like different from from my peers. Um, like there are very few, like you can't really, I guess a lot of people can't really say that, you know, they they they've done like really hard things or experienced a lot until unless they have. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but. Like you don't really in the moment think that what you're doing is something crazy or something intense, but when you look back on it, it's kind of impressive. It impresses me, kind of not to like to my own horn, but uh, looking back on my time in the mil- in the army and, and regiment, it really was such a transformative and expiring experience that I didn't really take understand of understand what I was doing at the time but looking back on it I'm just super thankful that I had the experience of of being in the military and really kind of experiencing that crucible and then developing myself into being a better person so um, kind of the circle back into um, happiness and self-actualization and that now that I feel like I am reaching or becoming uh, or reaching my self-actualization needs of, of helping other people, of leaving, um, you know, leaving a, an impact on other people's lives, I've just become a much happier person. Um, I feel like I, I'm maybe I don't know if it's, if it's purely based on, you know, finding my self-actualization and finding the, you know, top like my the, my purpose in life, if that's the root cause for my happiness, but I or if it's something like multifactorial, like um, I'm I've made more of an effort this year to become more mindful, to become uh, you know more involved in the present, and really experiencing and trying and doing a lot more thought experiments and thinking about um, kind of like happiness, being mindful and like meditation and all these kind of uh, esoteric. Um, subjects that i never really thought about before but i almost kind of allude to like enlightenment like uh this year i've like i feel like i'm i'm becoming more enlightened uh in my life it's kind of i don't know uh, how to really explain it but no i I think i feel like i'm starting to see um kind of like the root cause of things or like noticing things and being able to to really i guess like apply myself or apply uh, my thoughts to what's really going on um but yeah i feel honestly feel like i'm i'm starting to become almost enlightened um but i think that's kind of like a long process that i've been going through over the last couple of years studying medicine of of reinventing myself understanding where who i am as a person understanding what i believe in and really kind of understanding and doing a lot of like self-analysis and self um 
self kind of knowledge, like understanding my own, my, who I am and what I, what I mean. So, um, I think that's why I become more happy this year and more able to, to really take advantage and really, um, I guess, notice the small things and really be just a better person. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of going to wrap up my thoughts for this week. And I don't want to really ramble super much or ramble a ton about, um, kind of of happiness and self and self actualization. But I think that that those two are very closely intertwined and that once we understand or reach the level that where we're hunting for self-actualization and, and, and striving for self-actualization, I think this is, this is like, you know, the ultimate goal of the human experience is to, to reach your true potential and to find your true purpose in life. Um, I think with, by doing so you, that's where we open ourselves up to, to being happy and being truly, um, I guess fully involved or fully, um, fully dedicated to, to something. And that's, you know, our life's goals or life's purpose. And I just feel really happy and just thankful that I've able, I'm able to at a pretty young age, like I'm 29 years old, I'm able to understand my true life's purpose, my life's goals. Um, and that just really in my mind opens up like this world of possibilities of, of ways that I can, you know, keep striving, keep pushing myself to become, to achieve my life's goals. You know, um, I just want to leave off with one interesting quote. Well, not really a quote, but something that I noticed. Um, so in San Antonio, they have a resident room for all the surgery residents and they have a board of quotes and on the board, somebody wrote that happiness is equal to outcomes divided by your expectations. So say again, your happiness is equal to outcomes over expectations. So if the outcomes are positive and you expected positive things, you're going to have, you know, a positive happiness. But if you expected negative outcomes and, or if you had expected positive outcomes and you had um, like bad expectations, it's still positive. So I don't know if it's like if it should divide or if you subtract, but basically like your happiness is directly related to the outcomes that you experience and your expectations of the said outcomes. And I thought it was kind of funny to think about because throughout, you know, something that I've tried to make a, um, a concerted effort is, is to having very low or no expectations for things. Because once we, you know, think about or have like this picture in our mind of expectations of, of desired income our outcomes. Um, I don't know if I, I think I've talked about this before. If, if we're talking, if we're focusing on the, the end result only and not the journey, we kind of miss, you know, the road or miss the journey along the way. And that, um, if we have high expectations and we don't meet the high expectations, then, you know, we, we are ultimately, you know, uh, like shortchanging ourselves or, not achieving happiness because we aren't able to to really match the outcomes with our goals or expectations so i thought that was a, a great way to think about because i like to think about having no or low expectations so if you think about it like the mathematical equation like anything divided by zero is infinity you know 
that's something that I thought about. It kind of like made me chuckle a little bit, like basic math. Like, you know, anything divided by zero is infinity because uh, that's just what math is. So if you have no expectations, then you're always going to be happier because you're never going to subvert your own um, outcomes or expectations and, and, and expect something that doesn't happen because you're never expecting anything to happen. So I thought that was very a very poetic way of looking at it and made me chuckle a lot. Um, so that's kind of another uh, leaving uh, piece of advice I have for you guys is that you know you want to kind of strive through life with with low or, or no expectations because expectations can really lead to um, some sadness or lead to disappointment because um, if we're not you know taking or expecting to have these high goals or best outcomes then if we have low expectations then we're not really going to um, ever be dissatisfied or unhappy from never meeting the expectations so just another thing about uh, about expectation management uh, as you guys move forward uh so i'll wrap up wrap up for this week's episode um you know as always uh i'm just glad to be home right now and I'm super glad to, to really have this opportunity to really sh- share some of my thoughts. Uh, I know today's episode was probably a little more esoteric where I, I rambled a little bit more, but um, I didn't really have a plan going into this. I wanted to kind of talk and reflect for myself, and hopefully you guys can get something out of it, um, whether that's doing some self-reflection to understand where you are in your hierarchy of needs and whether or not you know if you're sat if you're not satisfying some of these hierarchies or not satisfying some of these needs and in ways that you can help to um you know meet your meet your needs and then um expectation management and happiness and happiness being what i think happiness is is the state that you reach in when you when you realize your true potential and your purpose in life so I'll leave you guys with that. Uh, as always, you can find us online, www.chronosfit.org, on Instagram at chronosfit, or on email, hq at chronosfit.org. Uh, looking forward to um, hearing you guys' uh, reflections or hearing you guys' thoughts on this episode. I know it was a little esoteric and kind of rambly, but um, I thought it was good for me at least to just uh, to think about something, some of these things. So. Uh, as always guys we'll see you all uh, next time later